0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the show today. I'm Colby. Caleb, say hi. Hello. It is another quarantine edition. We're almost open. We're in Texas. We're almost open. So this is the last quarantine edition of the
1: podcast. It's a shame.
0: Isn't it so sad? We're rebranded. I don't know if uh, you you folks have realized that or not. It's the Double K Show.
1: I did not realize Uh, that. That's cool.
0: It's a what? <laughs> It's 100% because you complain about the name of the show every podcast.
1: That's not 100%. true. 100%. I feel like that's true.
0: You complain about a lot of stuff on this podcast. You complain a lot.
1: I don't think that's true.
0: Out of the two of us, you're the complainer, for sure. I don't
1: think
0: that's true. And uh, you've definitely, you have accused me of running a basketball video game podcast multiple times.
1: That's what I heard uh, so, from from the fans. That's not my complaint. From the fans. From like... The, the fan. Thing. Okay, the fan.
0: The fan is they thought we were a basketball podcast. Anyway, I mean, we kind of are. We're going to talk about some basketball today. If you go to our Instagram page, I don't know if you're aware of this. The Instagram uh, name, the Instagram at, has changed also. It is now uh, double K. The word double d o u b l e k underscore show, nice and easy. Wow! And uh, as soon as the Twitter sphere cooperates with me, we will change our at Twitter. It's currently still at two k show k. So <laughs> okay, then there you go. But on the Instagram, if you go to the Instagram, I've been posting some. Uh, healthy products, healthy snack products out there, and uh, I uh, understand that you don't care for my
1: Instagram posts. Um, no, I think it's fun. I think it's uh, I think it's been a little bit of a just a giant ad, but that's all two right. things.
0: Yeah, two things. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Two mm-hmm. things. One, you don't ever post, so somebody has to three things you don't ever post two we're in a quarantine so i'm not doing anything cool so so i have to come up with something and three what did we talk about last week we talked about the dieting situation last week so what did i do i said to myself i said what is one of the biggest obstacles folks run into that are dieting and like for me for instance i'm at work i carry a lunchbox okay but if I have nothing going on, what do I want to do? I want to board eat if I have nothing going on. People maybe aren't doing big meals. Whatever the case may be, snacks are people's downfall in their diet. So what have I been posting? I've been posting my healthy snacks.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with you posting the healthy snacks. You just and hit here's us with deal. like four I stand... within three hours one day. I st- I had a I had
0: a big mail delivery. Okay. I my my UPS guy hates me. I stand behind those products. Like if you called me up and you said, hey man, I need an idea, something that's maybe a protein type thing, something healthy, something uh plant based or you know, no sugar, no processed, what can I have uh that would be healthy for me as a snack? You know what? Well, I would say nice. first of all, this this is what it is. These are the items. You can go to the Instagram page and check it out. Boom! Look at that. I should be getting. Uh, I should be getting some kind of pay.
1: Room temp. The, uh, room temp water. Item.
0: Water's good. Water's a good thing to uh-huh. drink on a diet. I. I just. I'm just saying. I stand a hundred percent behind all these items. The things I don't stand behind, I don't post.
1: No one's accusing. That's just the stuff. Nobody's that's just the stuff you I like. of not standing behind your Nobody, posts. Nobody. I
0: didn't. I didn't post, I will not name the name of the brand, but I ordered a hot sauce that was rather expensive that was 100% pure gasoline. Tastes <laughs> like gasoline,
1: smell like gasoline. Just tell us what it was.
0: I, I'm not. I've revisited. No. Actually,
1: I'm not. Let's put it out I there. have
0: revisited the bottle. The bottle's still on my kitchen counter, and I have revisited it several times because it's, uh, I, I wonder if I didn't get, like, an old bottle. Like, has this stuff gone rancid? It's that gasoline-y. One time I bought a gallon of tea. And I left it in the bottom of my pantry for about a week. And it had gone old in the week. I didn't know, you know, I thought it was just bottled and packaged. Apparently, not this particular brand. So anyhow, when I opened the tea that day, without testing it, smelling it or anything, I took a big swig of gasoline-y tea. And that's what this hot sauce reminds me of, is that gasoline smell that was in the
1: tea that day, because the tea was old. Are you sure this isn't like you? Like you're, oddly enough, your taste buds just make like expired things taste like gasoline for some reason. I mean, it's a possibility, but the bottom line would be it's expired.
0: But anyway, I stand behind the things I post, like the Chomps beef stick. I yeah, posted I've had, it was had those. it was venison. It was venison. Do you have the? Have you had the venison? I don't know. The gray is the venison. The venison is delicious. Oh, oh! You've had those. See, you yeah. just uh, not not four minutes ago on this very recording. You said you would. Uh, you don't use any of the stuff I posted.
1: Well, I don't use it regularly. I haven't had it. I haven't even had any of the other stuff. So, Leave I the chomps at work.
0: So, cooked the bison sirloins uh, yesterday. Thick, juicy. They were delicious. Guess what I put on them. Take a guess what I put on them. Calm down. Um, I don't know. I put the Flavor God Steak and Chop Rub on them. Wow. All of these things can be viewed on the Instagram.
1: We should send out a a catalog.
0: (laughs) Can't order through us. Sorry. Oh, man. There's a pair. I don't know. Anyway, I post good stuff. Today snacks, I have my my Quest protein chips. I had a Chomp venison stick. I still have not gotten to my Muscle Farm protein M and M's. Um, the diet continues. I'm down eight pounds. I can make uh, I can make middleweight. It's good.
1: Uh, I had an orange.
0: That's good. That's healthy. You could have posted that. You could have took a picture and said. Colby posts all these snacks, I'm simple, I eat orange. Because that is our personalities. I would spend several hundred dollars on protein snacks, and you would eat orange.
1: That's true. I agree.
0: Okay, so first things first. You have not, I'm assuming, caught up with The Last Dance on ESPN.
1: I have not caught up. Have you viewed any of it? I have not actually started it yet.
0: So you haven't viewed four hours worth of stuff that
1: we talk about on the podcast. I've seen bits on Twitter, uh, oh, thirty God. seconds at a time, and I've seen several articles about how the stories aren't necessarily true.
0: The stories are true. There's fifteen people telling the story, it's and not there's true. video footage. It was,
1: it was misconstrued. Jordan never went what? to Vegas.
0: I I didn't interpret. Okay, listen, that's a good story. We'll get to that. That's a good story. <laughs> I didn't interpret that he went to Dennis's ha- Dennis's apartment in Vegas necessarily although that's the way the editing made it appear.
1: Mhm. See that? Uh
0: but I interpreted as Michael Jordan went and found Dennis Rodman wherever he was. Not necessarily Vegas although if it was Vegas that would make for an um, amazing reality TV if if hangover style Michael Jordan in 1998 is running around Las Vegas looking for Dennis Rodman who's surrounded by strippers and cocaine and Carmen Electra. Does it does it make it
1: any less cool in your mind that he actually just had to go across the street from the United Center to Dennis Robbins' apartment with just a mattress a couch and a TV with Carmen Electra uh, Electra hiding behind the couch?
0: No, that last part got me. The last part, the fact that Carmen Electra was still terrified of Michael Jordan <laughs>
1: because Jordan walked she- in irate. So she says uh, she just didn't want him to see her like that. I don't know what like that means. I would assume. I don't either because I've seen her like that. Nude in a bed sheet. I don't know. I've seen her like that. You think Rodman probably doesn't even have sheets. A
0: well-placed Google search. You can see her like that. Good so, to know. Still smoking hot. Probably better looking than she was in 98 right now. Anyway, no, that's a good story. I love it. It's so Rodman and it's so Jordan. Even if it wasn't in Vegas, Even if it was across the street, it's still hilarious that Jordan was like, what are we doing? We've given him 96 hours. He was supposed to take 48. He took 96 plus. I got to go get this guy out of bed."
1: Yeah.
0: That's what the first episode this week was about. was about Dennis Rodman uh, and his journey to the Bulls. Uh, And uh, the follow-up episode to that was Phil Jackson. And it got into Phil Jackson a little bit. The Dennis Rodman episode was great for me because you got to see uh, – and it, it's a good point. He played with the bad boy Pistons. He ended up with the Bulls. Not a, no, There's not another single player on the Pistons of the 80s that would have been able to go play for the Bulls in the 90s. And I think that's my thing. That's why I look back on those times fondly as compared to today – is because there is literally no way anybody else in the, and the only reason Rodman came to the Bulls is because Rodman's kind of a weird duck. He was his own kind of guy, but there is no way anybody else from that Pistons team was coming to the Chicago Bulls while Michael Jordan was on the team. It would have resulted in a brawl for it all. I like that. I like that. Hey, I'm not going to let this go. You, you roughed me up 10 years ago. I'm not letting it go. I'm that way. I don't let things go. I don't know if you know that about me.
1: I don't know. Speaking of our differences,
0: (laughs) speaking of our differences, I hang on to things very, very, very uh, long time. You're uh, you're much more LeBron. I'm much more MJ.
1: Yeah, I think it's all just you know, they're pretty petty.
0: Uh, MJ's petty. I think he had good reason to be petty considering that it, you actually see footage of Bill Ambeer turn around and tell the other Pistons were not shaking their hands now that they finally beat us.
1: So wh- why do you like the one but not the other? Like, why is it cool for Michael Jordan to hate them forever but not cool for them to hate him? Yeah, Because here's, here's
0: the deal. Here's what led up to that moment. So the Bulls and Jordan uh, – years before, two years before they actually finally beat the Pistons. They're losing the they get the Pistons on the ropes. And the Pistons Institute, the Jordan rules, which for those of you not initiated, is they were just literally you there's video of it hitting Michael Jordan every time he goes up. Fighting Horace Grant, shoving Scottie Pippen to the floor. I mean brutal, brutal hits. Bill Lamber is hitting the rock bottom on people. And I'm not over-exaggerating, okay? So we go through two years of this, and the Bulls complain. They go to the refs. It, it, nothing's working, right? Finally, the last year, the Bulls, what do they do? Scotty goes down hard. They shove Scotty down hard. He turns around. He chews his gum. Nobody says a word. Nah, we got him. We didn't complain. We toughened up, too. So the Pistons elevated the Bulls' game. The Bulls became a tougher team because of those Pistons, rose to the occasion, and finally beat the Pistons. For me, if you're the Detroit Pistons, you look around you say, okay, we've had our run. Remember, they never came back to that point at that time. That group didn't. So we're on our way out. You have earned uh, some respect based on the ass-whooping we've given, given you for three years. You finally have overcome us. We're walking off the floor. Uh, by giving you a little bit of respect here on our way out the door, okay? Now, the reason it's different for Jordan is, I think there's a chance that Jordan would have not have held on to it quite the way he has if they would have stopped and shook hands and left it there. But not walking off that, just walking off without shaking hands leaves it open for years to come. It is the Pistons saying, we're never going to acknowledge your accomplishment And this rivalry. And so Jordan's like, well, then I'm never letting go of what big assholes y'all were. That's why I take Jordan's side to It's because I think he's justified.
1: Well, I wonder if they tried to shake his hand. They just couldn't reach him all the way up there on his high horse. I don't think there's There's... any chance Michael Jordan would have shaken. Like, shoe on the other foot. Jordan does the same thing. I don't think so. No.
0: According to Jordan himself, they ask him. According to Jordan, it's the way things are done. Whether he likes him or not, it's the way things are done. The yeah, but he prior never had years, to do he that. got beat. The two prior years he got beat up and defeated. That was before he, still he shook their hand. That was
1: before he won.
0: I don't think he I don't think it changes just because he won. He's Jordan is more likely to shake your hand after whooping your butt so he can look you in the eyes and rub it in. I'm not
1: wrong about that. No, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about after you lose. He never won and then went back to losing. I I suppose. I suppose. I mean he never lost again,
0: so we can't we don't have anything to compare it to. I'm just saying I take Jordan's side to, of it because I'd be the same way. You're not going to shake my hand. I've got my ass whooped for two years out here, but I still shook your hand. You finally lose. Now you're going to be a sore loser. Well, then forget you. I'm hanging on to this.
1: For, for 30 years. years.
0: 30 years. Hey, I'll tell you what it was a great moment. They peeled back the curtain on Jordan, which those of us that are big Jordan fans, we know a little bit more. But. For casuals, you probably don't know just how big of a jerk Jordan is. And they peel back the curtain a little bit, and there is a clip. Uh, And they like I told you last week, they show video clips, and they film the response of the person watching the clip. And it's a video clip of Isaiah Thomas, and Isaiah talking about how uh, he uh, feels badly and regrets not shaking their hand and all this stuff. And Jordan's response to it is so gold because Jordan doesn't believe a word coming out of Isaiah's mouth and Jordan calls it before they hand it over to Jordan. Jordan says, I don't need to watch it. The only reason he's saying that is because it's been 30 years and people have already called him out on it. If nobody would have said anything, he wouldn't change his mind. And then Jordan watches it and the look on Jordan's face, he doesn't believe a word that's being said. It's, it's pretty humorous, but it peels back that Jordan is, he's that guy. He's not going to let go now. Not, not now. we're not backing down now. It's been 30 years. You might as well go for it. Yeah, might as well. I mean, shit. But it, it was interesting. Uh, again, like I said, it follows Rodman. I'd forgotten all about Rodman being found passed out with the gun in Detroit. And then he didn't become the guy we all know until he got to San Antonio, which you live closer to San Antonio than I am, so you tell me. Does San Antonio do that to people? I don't know. But... Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like it's more Austin. Like if it was the Austin Spurs and Rodman showed up down there and started dyeing his hair and dressing up like a chick, we'd all be like, Well, yeah, I keep Austin weird.
1: I suppose. I wouldn't say
0: San Antonio does that, so But that's where that personality came out. Then he comes to the Bulls, and I think the way they lead into the Phil Jackson episode is it is. It's a stroke of genius by Phil Jackson to be able to coordinate the fact that you have a guy and I'm I'm not completely not this way, my personality, so I get it a little bit, that Rodman, after all this time of behaving himself on the Bulls, has to go to Vegas and be himself. And Phil uh, recognized the fact that you had a guy that you had to give him some rope because if you tried to hang on to him too tightly, you it would go off the rails pretty hard. So Phil was brilliant in that way, I think, that he was able to look at and say, yeah, Jordan – is my student, and he's easy to deal with for the most part as a coach because your leader's always going to work the hardest, those sorts of great qualities, great things. And then I have this guy who's able to drink all night, every night, show up and play tomorrow like he plays. So you got to give, uh, you got to uh, take the approach differently. One thing that I would uh, apply this to is parenting. And I think Phil was able to articulate to Mike hey, look, this is why we got to let him go to Vegas for 48 hours and take a vacation in the middle of the season. And that's, you know, and Phil recognized that. They bring Dennis back. Dennis is fine. I would like to know the behind the scenes from when he kicked the reporter in the nuts. Like, what did Phil and Michael think of that?
1: Real quick before we get off of Phil. Phil, a little overrated, right?
0: Uh, Hey, let me tell you who's underrated is Tex Winter. Okay. Well, I'm just saying – Phil's shine, some of that shine belongs with Tex Winters. That's what I mean. I see. Is I don't I don't think you get so much uh, 90s Phil, or Phil doesn't get so much credit for the 90s if Tex got his share. Because remember, the triangle and all that stuff is Tex Winters. Their offense it belongs to Tex Winters. Mm-hmm. And Tex was the one that told Michael, uh, you're going to have to pass the ball. So... I, uh, I, I don't know that I consider Phil overrated, but I personally, uh, apply some of the stuff that Phil applies to sports, to life and to my, uh, my career, uh, my profession where you picture yourself in the moment, you do it so much that when you fall into that moment, you're still calm. You're still able to react and you're still, uh, it feels familiar and, uh, you know, I picture that in my profession when I was fighting, doing a lot of that kind of stuff. So, same same principle applies. So, I give Phil a lot of credit for the mental aspects of the game that he brings to the table that you don't see on the court so much, but they are there. So, I don't know that he's
1: overrated. I'll say, I know, I, th- I know it's early, but I feel like I'm a better parent than Phil was ever a coach. <laughs> I don't have a response to that because what <laughs> am I supposed to
0: say to that? I don't know why you're why that.
1: Because said... <laughs> if he
0: doesn't if he doesn't win with the Lakers, if Phil doesn't come back and do the Lakers stuff multiple times, I would say he's
1: overrated. Now you're the right. fact that two, he goes to the Lakers, best, best players of all time. I'm sure it was him.
0: I'm not saying that. I'm just what I'm getting at with the with the Lakers part is if it was only the Bulls, I would say, and that's not saying the Lakers would have won, wouldn't have won without Phil. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I give some credit to Tex Winner. The fact that there's no text winner in L.A., you still get these personalities to make it work for as long as they made it work. Not that long, but for a little bit. I mean, Phil deserves some credit. Phil, less coach, better uh, personality manager, probably. But who do you, I mean, if you say that, is there really, I mean, he, Phil Jackson is the Dean Smith of the NBA. Uh, Now, in 2020, I don't think coaches make quite as big of a difference as they did in the 90s and early 2000s. That's probably fair, but um, I still I think I think Phil's up there. I uh, I uh, I like Phil Jackson as a coach. I think he's. I mean, who are you taking over Phil Jackson as greatest NBA coach of all time? Popovich. Oh Jesus Christ!
1: What? No good. I'm not a pop.
0: I'm not a Popovich guy. Hmm. I get it. I understand. I still take Phil over Popovich, but okay.
1: Red Auerbach. Red Auerbach, third. Phil, Pop, and Red. Oh, yeah. First, second, third. There it is. You were close, though. You were close. Popovich would never lose another game if he had Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. But wouldn't he? No. Those guys don't fit in with the Spurs. No.
0: That, See, that that's the thing, though. That style of
1: basketball no. doesn't fit in with Ste- the Spurs Stephen Steven basketball. Jackson didn't fit in with the Spurs. And, and look think, how that went. Champion. Okay. I don't think Phil fits in with the Spurs either. Yeah, but if Popovich had somebody like that, I don't know. It doesn't matter.
0: We're getting way off. We are. Way down the rabbit hole, my friend. Uh, way down the, rab- the NBA rabbit hole there. Anyway, it was good episodes. I wouldn't say they were as good as the first two episodes. They were still pretty solid. Uh, so I recommend you uh, view them one day when you feel like taking our podcast more seriously. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there you are listen you have one more week you don't even have a week you have five days for what to f- catch up on six episodes of the last dance if you don't i'm breaking quarantine
1: i'm giving you the surf and turf there's a seven percent chance that i watch any of it what are you doing with yourself i've got plans
0: listen we're opening up I don't even have to break quarantine to give you the time. Yeah, but we shouldn't be.
1: You shouldn't be. But, um, I mean, I, I, there's. Don't uh, let's not get off on that. Can, don't get me on that. Can we? Uh, like like ten, ten hours is just too long. Like throw it on Netflix. Let me watch it at my uh, at my leisure, it which is what I'm going have to do been now. Been
0: ten hours. If you would have just watched it when it came on, it would have been two hours. No, it's
1: still ten hours. It's not shorter because I watch
0: it. Two hours at a time. Yeah. Yes. No, it doesn't make it shorter. No, it doesn't make it shorter, but it gives your viewing a, a time at each time a shorter
1: amount of time. I don't really watch TV where I have to be at a certain place at a certain time. Anymore. I don't either. This is this, I don't either, but I do. I did for this. Yes, yeah. See, I, I
0: schedule I, I Sunday nights. Listen, Sunday nights, I schedule my workouts and dinner. Everything moves up for the last dance.
1: Well, be careful because I used to do that with Game of Thrones every Sunday night, and then it just broke everyone's heart. So just don't don't put too much into ends. it, okay? Just
0: I know how this story be careful.
1: Ends. That's all I'm saying. Be careful. I care about That's you.
0: not well. I appreciate that. I know how this story ends. This story ends. It ended terribly. With me
1: Daenerys went cries. crazy.
0: Wait, what? Not your story. The bull story. Uh-huh. Not not the dragons. Not the tale of the dragons. Fire and ice. Of dragons. All that. Jon Snow. So, um, the NFL draft was last week. Before we get to the NFL draft, have you seen Brashad Breland? Yes. He got arrested yesterday, or two days ago, I guess now. This is, uh, that would be Tuesday. Uh, He got arrested on Tuesday for possession of marijuana, possession of open container, resisting arrest. I can tell you this. First of all, someone needs to take his Twitter away. First thing. Take his stupid Twitter away because he's already trying to rebut on Twitter in his own words. And if you're an attorney, you don't like that. That's one. Number two, stop giving a stupid account of what happened and go in there, sit down with people that run the Chiefs organization, be 100% honest. You'll get your little suspension and you'll be fine. However, he was also already on the uh, table for a four-game suspension Mm -hmm. before this happened. We didn't know. So there's that, but... The point I'm making is the more he talks the more I given my chosen profession know what really happened just based on his story. I can tell you right now what really happened. Cuz it's not like I haven't heard that one before. I was minding my own business these guys come up to me while they're smoking weed and throw their joint in my car when the police pull up. You kidding me?
1: Sounds reasonable. It,
0: that never happens. 100 I have seen listen, me personally in my life have seen people with drugs Throw their drugs into a another person's car upon seeing the police car. Okay, I've seen it with my own two eyes. Do you want to know what percentage of the time that the person in the car had no clue what was happening around him? Zero percent. Do you also want to know what percentage of the time that person stuck around long enough to fight the police? Zero percent. Hmm. So there's that. So at least he's not. uh, At least he's not Telvin Smith it could be worse. You know, he had to, I think probably what happened is he got on Twitter and he started to do his little rebuttal and he posted his stuff. And then the Telvin Smith news come up and he said, Oh, that's enough for me.
1: Yeah. And okay.
0: zipped it, zip it up. Cause Telvin Smith will take all the, uh, all the headlines. I don't, I don't know what he did. I don't know the details. Okay. I
1: was like, I'd television.
0: rather not get into it, but I, I know, I, saw... I know the allegation, yeah. which is that he, was inappropriate. He's been charged, yeah. in fact, with the inappropriate uh,
1: sexual conduct with a minor. Yeah. How often is SWAT really needed for that kind of thing?
0: Uh, I imagine that the deal with Telvin, uh, a lot of NFL players dabble in firearms. They're also very big men. But typically, the way this kind of stuff goes, if you're a celebrity, You have been in the you you are in the know it is it is if you're a famous person, you're very rarely going to be shocked that the police come to arrest you. You're probably going to know because you have handlers, right? You have attorneys and agents and they're going to want to know so they can get in front of it. So the odds are he knew he was being charged and they probably said, do you want to come in? And he probably told them to eat shit. And they were like, oh, look, he's not cooperative. We should probably use precaution. Uh, that's the way that's usually going to go. And they go, uh, another thing though, is I imagine it's a combination. It's a arrest warrant and a search warrant. Anytime you're going to search a house, uh, unless you're already in the house for whatever reason, uh, you probably need to go ahead and have SWAT team just clear the house and make sure there's no one hiding. There are no weapons, not saying anything about Telvin, but you don't know how kind of, what kind of people he has around him that might be in the house with other things they shouldn't have. You never know that kind of stuff. So it's a safety thing. But most likely, that's just a. Uh, it's probably. Where was this at? Atlanta, right? I'm sorry. I don't know. I didn't. I, I didn't ask. I think it was Atlanta. It. I think it was Atlanta. I imagine Atlanta PD probably runs most search warrants with their SWAT team. Now, on to the NFL draft. Now, first thing I got to cover on the NFL draft who, is, who do you think was the biggest loser of the weekend on the NFL draft?
1: Um, probably who I thought is the biggest loser before. It's Aaron Rodgers. He's a loser. Aaron Rodgers definitely is one of the... Uh, he's number two on my list um, of biggest losers. Give me, give me a minute. Um, biggest
0: losers. You loser. probably won't think of it because it's. It, this is not serious. My number one is not as serious. Uh, it's more humorous.
1: I don't know. Go ahead.
0: Uh, the girlfriends of the guys mm. getting drafted were the biggest losers mm-hmm. because, my God, there were some cringeworthy moments. Hilarious, uh, but cringeworthy. You should Google them. Google them. Isaiah Wilson and his girlfriend had a nice awkward moment with mom, and C.D. Lamb, Dallas Cowboys' new Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, had just I I just my goodness, the uh, whole scenario. First off, C.D. Lamb's he he falls to the Cowboys, which he didn't really fall that far. Cowboys, though, I imagine are your big winner because they get C.D. Lamb, who some folks consider to be the best wide receiver in the draft, uh, all the way at at seventeen, right? Yeah. They get him at 17. Anyway, they show CD lamb, you're on camera and he has two phones. He has the bat phone, which is hey, he's taking a call from official folks. And then he probably has his personal phone. And I imagine folks are doing that nowadays because of the issues you have with people hacking phones, people's Twitters, et cetera, et cetera. So you have two different phones, business phone, personal phone, fine, whatever his personal phone sitting in his lap. It goes off. This is all on video. Girlfriend sitting next to him reaches over, grabs his personal phone. C.D. Lamb goes for the phone. He didn't make a dive into her lap, but he pulls it out of her hand. And my favorite part of the whole thing is the look he gives her at the end of it, like, bitch, you know we're on TV.
1: What are you thinking right now? Well, So they both have tried to explain it uh, afterwards. And it just, looks
0: awful. Maybe it's yeah, nothing, I mean, but it got it. Yeah, C.D.
1: Lamb just kind of took the phone and just shook his head like, you know, under no circumstances ever do that again. But <laughs> what they said, what, well, so what they both have said, I guess she tweeted something about it, but said that uh, his agent was trying to FaceTime him on the phone that he had in his hand, and he was already talking to the Cowboys on the phone, you know, that he was actually using, and he just, you know, took it back and said not right now. And <laughs> they're just saying it was all blown out of proportion. So, uh, who knows? Here's the thing. The only reason why that sounds
0: like baloney to me, is the words my agent was trying to Facetime me? I I that sounds like what the agent said to say. Just say I was trying to Facetime you, and you you didn't want to interrupt your phone call with Jerry Jones. Well, that's what she, <laughs> it could have been anybody. I mean, that's fine. I'm just oh, saying yeah. it, it looks awful. It's pretty hilarious. It really is. And then Isaiah Wilson, his girlfriend was all up in it, which I don't understand why the camera was so close to Isaiah in the first place. It was very close, but she's sitting on him. Hugging him he's he's trying to put his hat on, he's having his tearful moment, he's just been selected by the Tennessee Titans, and she is just all up in the picture, which it, it was a it was much more obnoxious than the CD lamb thing, and she's got a hold of him. Well Isaiah's mom, who appears to have possibly passed on her genes to Isaiah that's all I'm gonna say, uh removes girlfriend from the from the picture physically <laughs> pulls her out of the picture. Google both if you haven't seen them. They're pretty funny. The other thing that I found funny on these little home drop-ins was the amount of times you could see that for public purposes, for reputation purposes, we are social distancing. We only have four to six people in our home. However, you could see in the background, there's a party in the next room. There's shadows. There's more people. I don't remember who it was now, but when he gets selected, the dad is waving people out of the room, stay off camera until we're ready. It's pretty funny, really, that... The truth is, there are very few of them that were actually really socially distancing it was It was pretty humorous watching them hide their palms. there was one
1: at mike rabel's uh, rabel's house uh, mike P- rabel's people, house is people epic. caught a reflection uh, behind Rabel kind of to the left. looks like somebody's sitting on a toilet, like kind of hunched over, somebody's, elbows on the knees um, looks, like he's, on, taking a looks like he's on a toilet, but that was uh that was cleared up. He was just sadly on a stool in the kitchen. Not taking a stool.
0: Listen, it's better if you say he's on the toilet because you didn't describe the entire scene. There's a gentleman there with a mullet and a mustache in a Titans jersey. There's another uh, person dressed up like Frozone from The Incredibles. Mike Vrabel has the largest dip in his lip (laughs) of anyone I've ever seen in my life. And then there's a guy who appears to be taking a dump in the background. Yeah. It well, is uh, golden. I think we should, It was golden. really,
1: I think we should, you know, quarantine a couple months every year. Just reset everything. I think they all appreciated okay it.
0: That. I think everybody enjoyed it. Bill O'Brien didn't seem to be any less
1: stressed. If I made the decisions gonna, Bill O'Brien makes, I'd constantly be stressed out, too. So
0: I'm going to try to take it. I'm going to try to take it easy on Bill O'Brien because I, we saw that he has some stuff going on in his personal life. I will say this. I didn't, I didn't uh, see that. He was very upset. <laughs> He was very. He has. He has. Uh, he had on video at one time. He is a kid with some pretty significant special needs that was on video with him at one point Same during the draft. Um, but he was irate at one point with someone on the phone. It was very clear he was. He was pissed.
1: It was uh Apparently, that he was the Lions. Uh, I may have the team wrong, but there there was a team that uh, a trade was agreed to, and then the last second they backed out. And then the cameras immediately <laughs> well... go to Bill O'Brien to. <laughs> Show that he's making here's the his deal. Pick. If you're working
0: a trade, if you're working a trade with Bill O'Brien and you're the one that yeah. had to back out, it wasn't a good trade yeah. for you because you could the, the Lions were probably about to trade for J.J. Watt.
1: I would have given a fourth for Deshaun Watson.
0: Uh, you might have got him. Bill Belichick's dog was uh, making draft mm-hmm. picks. Um, who else did we have? There was some other good stuff. What else did it, I see? I think Bill Belichick traded out of the first round just to avoid being on camera. Probably. Um, <laughs> Jerry Jones looking like a, a G D evil genius Dr.
1: Evil type making his picks from his yacht. Yeah, I think my favorite was uh Andy Reid and the Hawaiian shirt collection.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. Andy Reed, the traditional Hawaiian shirt. Love that. Uh there was some uh there was there was quite a bit of entertainment between the picks, which I appreciated. Now, uh, you mentioned the your biggest loser was Aaron Rodgers. For the folks that don't understand what happened, let's explain what happened. Aaron Rodgers goes on the radio on a Pat McAfee show on Thursday during the day, last Thursday, and says, man, it would be cool if they would draft me some weapons in Green Bay because they haven't drafted a skill position since Javon Walker uh, in the first round. And uh, great. Great. And the Packers turn around and draft a quarterback in the first round. Move up to draft a quarterback in the first round. And I've heard a couple different theories that maybe it's just honestly they're doing what they did with Rodgers and Favre. Maybe they're trying to send a message. Maybe they're trying to motivate Rodgers. I think it's pretty much, hey, look, you can either start getting along with Matt Fleur or, or we'll go a different way. We'll go a different route. And now we're ready to go a different route. And then they come back in the second round and draft, maybe not the most dynamic running back in the draft.
1: But still, a running did back they that ever, they do really need.
0: Did they ever draft a wide receiver? I don't think they ever drafted a wide receiver. I don't think period. They did. Seven rounds, no Davis wide receiver class
1: in twenty years. and yep. never took one.
0: No wide receiver, no which, tight end, offensive which line. I'm a big
1: fan of, and a running back.
0: I, I hate them all. So. Oh yeah, I like seeing the Packers. Uh, I like seeing the Packers implode a little bit. But yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree. Aaron Rodgers, the biggest loser, uh, and I would give the Packers a failing grade. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, do you have another team that scored an F?
1: Uh, an F. Or did everybody else at least get a C? Yeah, maybe not an F. Um, like, even some of the teams that didn't even have a first-round pick, like Chicago and uh, the Rams, they, they still did fine when they did get to pick. I didn't love what the Texans did. Uh, and I thought the Eagles recovered nicely after – what I thought was a pretty significant reach in the first round for receiver and then uh, taking a backup quarterback that hopefully never sees the field with their second pick. So,
0: But it's Carson Wentz, so he's probably going to see the field. Maybe
1: it'll be against the Cowboys. That'd be good. I'd rather play Carson Wentz.
0: I uh, I, I expect that your top scores are the Cowboys. They get an A++. plus. Yeah, I think
1: so. I think the Cowboys and the Ravens. Um, yeah, I actually liked what the Browns did. Um, I, I think the reason you'll see the Cowboys at the top of all of, like the you know the little articles about the draft grades are just because they just drafted for value. Like when Mike McCarthy got hired, he talked about how he spent so much time with Pro Football Focus uh, on his off year, and I think that showed up during his draft. Like that's why they're going to grade it so high because he picked the guys that they I'm like. A big, uh... I'm a big pro football-focused guy myself. Yeah, and then uh, like, I don't know much about the quarterback, but and then apparently they got uh a, a edge rusher from James Madison uh, as an undrafted free agent that there were several teams bidding on. that. Like, you have so much money you can guarantee to undrafted guys, and they apparently used quite a bit on him. Um, and then the Ravens the same way. I, th- I thought they got the perfect fit with Patrick Queen in the first, and then I liked the receivers they ended up getting. Uh, and then I think J.K. Dobbins is a, a perfect fit for them too. So, kind of home runs there.
0: I think, uh, yeah, I think there was a couple. I think the Cowboys got closer to the Super Bowl, and I think they extend. I think they extended their window a little bit. But the big thing, I don't. The CD Lamb pick is great, and I know you love it. I don't know that it's a position of need, but you probably took the best player available on your board, which is fine.
1: He, he was don't, uh, he don't was ranked like sixth on their board. And got him at seventeen. So,
0: yeah, there you go. See, so they probably probably one through five were probably already gone. Um, the big thing for me is that second pick, Trayvon Diggs. That that was something they needed to take care of. So I'm glad they did that. That was a uh, that was a big deal for me. Is they needed to get some defensive help, and
1: uh, I believe yeah, they did. See, I don't so, think anybody would have uh, would have had a problem with it if they would have taken Diggs in the first round.
0: Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have. So I don't know, I was seventeen, but you know, I, I don't think I would have. I mean, for Christ's sake, the Raiders took what was the guy yeah, they took in the first round? Yeah, course? Damon Arnett. And Arnett, I felt like was more of a reach than oh, Diggs would have been. So, yeah, I'm good with that. I think uh, it, your your pick for the Super Bowl last year, Cowboys Chiefs, that is probably closer to happening this year. Yeah. Speaking of Super Bowls. The 49ers did some wheeling and dealing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they did a f-
0: They made things. actual personnel trades. That's what got me is, yeah, they moved picks and they moved around, but they actually went out and, and traded players. They had their starting left tackle retired during the course of the draft, traded for another left tackle, uh, Trent Williams of the Redskins. So they were all over the place. They traded a wide receiver to the Eagles. Uh, seems like they had one more yeah, trade, they, one more personnel They traded trade. Matt
1: Breida to the Dolphins.
0: That's right, Matt. Breeden went to the Dolphins. So, the 49ers were busy, busy boys.
1: Yeah, um and uh that's the way I, like I think it. uh pressed right now. I I think I think the Ravens are above the Chiefs in the, in the AFC rankings. High. The, the Chiefs defense is not any good. I
0: think uh they came on there at the end of the year last year. I think uh the Chiefs made some picks. That Willie Gay Jr. is the second fastest linebacker in the draft, uh, to Isaiah Simmons. So I like that pick. I'm glad they got Willie Gay Jr. Got some defense, got some speed on the defense and the front seven. Uh, their their front four is still they're going to get they're going to keep Chris Jones. They got Frank Clark. Uh, they have the Honey Badger. They're going to bring back Juwan Thornhill. So I don't think they're they're no worse off than the Dallas defense.
1: That's fine. I'm just saying. I think the Ravens and have improved significantly over the off season, and they weren't exactly that far off last year.
0: I, I just I don't know that the Titans are above the Chiefs. I think we need to
1: get serious on this podcast. Yeah, I, I just I would have liked to have seen the Chiefs not wait to the third round to take a corner, especially if they already knew about the uh, yeah I can agree with Brooklyn, that. Which I I saw something that they might have known. Not the maybe not the um. Uh, Whatever the off the field stuff was, but the the other one, the substance yeah, abuse the, or PEs, I don't know what test. it was. Whatever the sp- yeah. uh, suspension was. Uh, yeah, there well, value wise, yeah. they didn't need to go running back in
0: the first. I think they could have got their guy in the second and gone corner in the yeah. first or linebacker. And the, well, there wasn't a linebacker there, but they could have went corner in the first. I uh, I mentioned last week. Moving on here, real quick. I mentioned last week I would update you on the home improvement situation going on at my house right now. Uh, here's the thing about it. I am not, I don't really like working in the yard per se. So that has become quite the obstacle. So -hmm. there's no new grass in my yard. There's no deck. There are gutters. There are new gutters. So that's a start. And my kid's playground wood is partially stained. That's where we are. That's where we stand. Once we get that, we are good to go sort of. I have a bird who is refusing to vacate my back patio. I've knocked down its nest three times. And I know the animal lovers are going to be all mad about that. I would let it live. I would let it live there. Yeah,
1: you shouldn't do that. It
0: is not my decision. Okay. So there's that. So the home improvement situation has not come along well, but uh, I'm still working on it.
1: Yeah, I think we're about to start something like that. We're gonna try to put a replace the like the light fixture on the back patio with a, a ceiling fan and we're gonna do the gutters and uh here's uh, here's the deal some kind of curtain. Do the ceiling fan and then
0: the uh break quarantine and come down and do a ceiling fan on my back patio as well. Cause what I'm planning on doing okay. is also I'm gonna have my hue lights in the backyard too. Have we discussed my Hue lights? Yeah. Um, remind me. Remind me. That's a topic for next week because I've run into a technical problem with the Hue lights. And Phillips better send me an uh, entire new house of Hue lights because it's their fault.
1: Okay. Cool. About to tweet at them.
0: All right. Well, Feels you good. have a good afternoon, my friend. Thanks for listening, folks.